For Sounds Like Radio. Yes, indeed, we've got a new show for the new year. From January 2nd of 1952, we have a great Gildersleeve when Gildersleeve is beginning to realize perhaps he needs to get a better job. Why is that? Well, that's because Bronco is now, well, Bronco's now got a better job. Bronco's starting to earn big money. In fact, Bronco's starting to think of himself as the head of the family. And there can only be one head of the family per household. And that is Gildersleeve. At least that's what's in Gildersleeve's mind. He doesn't like being taken over as head of the family. Yeah, this all gets to Gildersleeve, you know. He's beginning to think, now wait a minute, I cannot let Bronco become head of the family. He's trying to take his place at the seat of the table. Oh, this makes Gildersleeve very, very anxious to, to earn more money. More money means bigger job. And a bigger job means more money and more money. Well, Gildersleeve had more money. He might have more girlfriends. After all, the girlfriend would tell him, if you've got the money, honey, I've got the time. <laughs> Here's Lefty Frizzell. Hold it there, Willie. <laughs> Willie was getting a little too anxious. Yeah, yeah he wanted to do his uh, version of that song, but only one guy can do that song justice, and that's the guy who originally sang it, 
And that was Lefty Frizzell, who we just heard doing, If You've Got the Money, Honey, I've Got the Time. Oh, well, that's the that's the way of the world, you know. And the more money you have, it seems funny, the, the more girls surround you. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I guess you can't help it. Uh, well, now that's the way it goes with Gildersleeve. At least that's, that's the way he's thinking. So he's got to get out there and make more money so he can be the head of the household and maybe even pick up another girl or two. Oh, well, now, now it, well, that when he does pick up a girl, you know what they're going to tell him? If he don't have the money, they're going to say, well, why don't you do right and get out there and get a job and get me some money, honey? Uh, which leads me to one of our favorite ladies, <laughs> Peggy Lee. Now, you know, it's funny. Uh, the way you prefer songs or versions of songs. Now, I first heard this version of Peggy Lee singing Why Don't You Do Right. Uh, I first heard her singing it with the Benny Goodman Orchestra. This was when she was a young gal starting out with the Benny Goodman Orchestra. She later re-recorded it. I believe she recorded it sometime in the early 50s. But And, they, and that one was very good also. But somehow, I just kind of like this original version she did with Benny Goodman. Let's listen now to Peggy Lee and Benny Goodman and Why Don't You Do Right. And you know with these big band type songs, when the girl singer comes along, (laughs) the big band starts out and they play for a little while. And finally, the girl comes in and starts swinging and singing. (laughs) Here's Peggy Lee and Benny Goodman. Do right, like some other men do. 
drink of gin, why don't you do right? Like some other men do. Get out of here and get me some money too. Why don't you do right? Like some other men do. Well, now, it seems like a, a fair request, huh? Uh, especially when it's coming from Peggy Lee. I'm telling you, when that gal was young and, oh, nobody could slink better than Peggy Lee. And there she was when she was young from the Benny Goodman Orchestra. She recorded that back in the 1940s. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I just prefer that version even more than I than the version she later did all by herself as a solo. Yeah, the quality of the recording when she did it by herself was better, you know, the audio quality, but somehow that, that version just swings, and I like it. Peggy Lee and Benny Goodman. Now, over the Christmas holidays this past December, you know what I like to do is I like to watch Bing Crosby Christmas-themed movies. And one of the first Bing Crosby-themed Christmas movie I watch is Say One For Me. Yeah, yeah, Say One For Me is the name of the movie. Came out in 1959 with Debbie Reynolds and Robert Wagner and the great Ray Walston, Uncle Martin. Yeah, yeah, he was in it. Well, yeah, now there's... So I like watching that movie most of all because I get to see Bing sing... The Secret of Christmas, one of my all-time favorite Christmas Bing songs. and uh, But I had forgotten about another song Bing sings in this movie till I watched it this past December. He sings a great song called I Couldn't Care Less. Supposedly written by Ray Walston, he's supposed to be the author of the song in the movie, but we know better. Here is Bing Crosby taken straight from the soundtrack album. Yeah, I bought this album. It's the actual album. First, I was, we, I, this is a story. I had to search for this album. I really liked the movie Say One For Me ever since I first saw it. A lot of people don't like that movie, but I loved it from the very first time. Anyway, I searched for the soundtrack album. I finally found it. This is in the days before internet, so it wasn't easy to find things. But I finally found it at a used record store, and I was all thrilled. Eh, and I was thrilled for several years until I realized, now wait a minute. This this is a mono version of the album. I want the stereo version. Ooh, that that started on another search, another search for Say One For Me. And one day, one lucky day, because that's what it had to be in the old days. You just didn't go on the internet and click it on, and there it is. <laughs> Ooh, back then, it had to be all luck. And one lucky day, there it was. Say One For Me the stereo version and I was I was feeling quite lucky that day so naturally I snatched it I snatched it and I paid for it the the stereo version of say one for me now since that time the movie soundtrack has come out on CD and I even bought the CD but do you know that I have yet to listen to it says something about the album version I just like. I like to hear the album crackle. <laughs> and now you're going to get to hear too. Here is the great Bing Crosby, our house singer to sing from the movie Say One For Me, I Couldn't Care Less. Take it, Bing. We're all waiting. Here's the stereo version. 
Balmy breezes are blowing Each star in the sky is glowing But I couldn't care less Lovely night birds are winging And filling the night with singing But I couldn't care less Oh, how perfect the setting But when do I start forgetting I'm alone Where we walked before For without you near I must confess Life's an empty dream Of loneliness And I couldn't care less Unless you could care Once more Oh, how perfect the setting But when do I start forgetting I'm alone Where we walked before For without you near I must confess Life's an empty dream Of loneliness And I couldn't care less Unless you could care Once more Oh, that's the way Bing feels, you know. Nothing you can do about it. Oh, that comes on like a roar of a lion. Mr. Engineer, you have got to remember to keep the sound low. When you start playing that background, you see, that's what it's supposed to be, Mr. Engine. It is supposed to be background, not loud in your ear foreground. Oh, Mr. Engineer, sometimes, you know. Oh, well, I guess he's worth every penny I pay him. <laughs> Don't anybody tell him, but he ain't getting nothing for this. Yeah, that was Bing Crosby singing the song. Great song. It reminded me, what a great song. When I watched the the movie this past December, I thought, wow, that was a neat song. And I haven't heard it in a while, so, well, since last December. Yeah, but it reminded me it was a neat song, and I thought, I got to play that on the next Sounds Like Radio. So here we are. Yeah, they were, now Bing couldn't care less if he makes more money or not, because he's not like Gildersleeve, but, but uh, Gildersleeve... Once he sees Bronco making more money and beginning to think of himself as the head of the family, that was enough for Gildersleeve. He said, all right, all right, I'm beginning to see the light. Here is Doris Day. She's seeing the light, too. I never cared much for moonlit skies. I never winked back at fireflies. Now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on the mistletoe now when you turn the lamp down low I'm beginning to see the light used to ramble through the park shadow boxing in the dark Then you came And caused a spark That's a four alarm fire Now I never made love By lamp 
switch on the old GE bulb that <laughs> that might help out a bit uh, let me switch it on here oh, listen there the audience loves it yeah it's a GE bulb everybody <laughs> isn't it great yeah they make these new bulbs nowadays and they're extra bright have you ever tried them uh, LED light bulbs yeah I didn't like them at first but they're making them nice and bright and it almost looks like daylight inside when you use them things uh, LED lights, but now they even make them fancier. You can get them so that they look like the good old-fashioned light bulbs, where everything has a nice sort of a warm, orangish glow. Those are the light bulbs I like best because they they just made everybody look so good. Uh, so now the newer bulbs I hear, I haven't bought one yet, but the newer bulbs can give you a choice. You can either get the nice bright LED type light, or you can make it somehow switch it to the the uh, sort of incandescent light like we used to know and love and like I still do. I think I may even still have a few old-fashioned light bulbs left and that's what I like. If they ever start selling them things again, hey, you know where I'm going to be. First man in, in the line to get them because I like the old-fashioned bulbs better than these new things. But anyway, as long as I got lights to see to do the show, I'm a happy feller. Yeah. Speaking of shows, we've got the January 2nd, 1952 Great Gildersleeve for you as Gildy begins to realize he has got to reestablish himself as the head of the family, and that's what he's going to do. Let's listen. We'll find out how he does it tonight on the Great Gildersleeve. Or today, depending on what time you're listening. <laughs> well, anyway, let's listen to the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio, I am your humble host. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine, presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. Each week at this time, The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you, partially transcribed, by the Kraft Foods Company. Well, another New Year's Day has come and gone, and we're sure you've made some wonderful resolutions for the new year that's just beginning, but there's no law against making a New Year's resolution on January 2nd as well as January 1st. So here's the resolution we'd like to recommend to you as a conscientious homemaker. This year, make your budget dollars go further. Make your family menus better by serving and using what millions consider the world's finest margarine, parquet margarine made by Kraft. 
at the beginning of each new year, a man does one of two things. He either resolves to improve his position or he surveys his situation with satisfaction and pats himself on the back. The great Gildersleeve is pretty well satisfied, and when he pats himself on the back, he uses both hands. Well, why, George, here's my name in the paper again. Water Commissioner Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve wishes all his customers a happy new year. Hey, that's yesterday's paper, huh? No, it isn't, Leroy. I had them run the ad two days. I don't want anyone to miss it. Yeah, I'm happy, so at the beginning of this new year, I want to wish everybody else happiness. What are you so happy about? I'm the city water commissioner. Yeah, I know. Leroy. Is Bronco home yet? Not yet, my dear. I'm so anxious to hear if he got his new job. Oh, Unky, won't it be wonderful if Bronco moves to the Summerfield Realty Company? Well, Marjorie, it always amuses me to watch the eager beavers running around the first of the year changing jobs. But, Unky, it's a larger firm than he's with now. There's a better future. Perhaps. When a man skips around so much, he loses his identity. Why do you suppose my name is synonymous with water? Because you put an ad in the paper every New Year's? <laughs> no, Leroy. Because I've been on the same job for ten years. People have come to depend on me for water. Nobody can even take a bath without me. But no, with Bronco, things are different. He's young, ambitious, and he'll be making so much more money. Well, money isn't everything. Heck no. It just buys everything. <laughs> well, I have some things that can't be bought. Good health, contentment, security. Well, Bronco thinks he'll get all that in his new job. Yeah, sure. These days, they offer you the moon. You look at this ad in the Summerfield Indicator. Chemi Products Corporation has good job for you. We need executives, engineers, machinists. High pay, short hours, long vacations with pay. Gosh! I wonder if they'd hire a little kid after school and then pay him all through summer vacation. <laughs> well, Leroy, if you believe this ad, the fellow can get almost anything he wants. Here, yeah, listen to this. Get your application blank today. Enjoy rapid advancement with this large company which is expanding with Summerfield. Opportunity is knocking. Open the door to your future. Well, that sounds good. Anki, if Bronco doesn't go with Summerfield Realty, he might get a good job out there. Oh, my goodness. Marjorie, that proves my point. You're just like Bronco. You want to change jobs every time the delivery boy throws a newspaper on the front porch. Every time it rains, Oh, there's Bronco now. It isn't Bing Crosby. Every time it rains, it rains, pennies from heaven. Bronco, you got the job. Yeah, but it isn't raining pennies, Marge. It's raining dollars. Oh, Bronco. Hello, everybody. Well, congratulations, Bronco. Yeah. If you think this changing jobs is a thing to do. Oh, I'm not just changing jobs, I'm climbing up. I'm sales manager. Sales manager? Oh, darling, how wonderful. How much do you make? Leroy. (laughs) We don't ask things like that. If Bronco wants to tell us, we'd like to know, but we don't ask. (laughs) He has to volunteer the information. Well, I want the first paycheck to be a surprise to Marge. So I'll just write the figure on this envelope for you. Oh, Bronco, you tease. There you are, Uncle Mort. Well, for a young man changing to another company, that isn't a bad monthly salary. Monthly? That's my weekly salary. (laughs) (laughs) Weekly salary. Zeke. Uncle, you turned pale. Bronco must be making more than you do. (laughs) 
Rally. Oh, I'm so thrilled, Bronco. Come over here and tell your little wife all about it. Uncle, may Bronco sit in your big chair? Well, oh, Marge, I shouldn't sit in the commissioner's chair. Go ahead, sit in it. <laughs> sure, I'll sit on the piano stool. <laughs> Oh, Bertie. What's the good news about you? Bertie, he's sales manager of Summerfield Realty. Sales manager? Ain't that something? Yeah, Bronco's the big boss. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Bertie, how's dinner coming along? Coming right up, Mr. Gillsleeve. Soon as I hear about the new big boss. I thought I was the big boss around here. Well, Bertie, he's in charge of all the salesmen, and he's making a lot more money. Hey, Bronco, how about a buck for the movies tonight? Leroy, you don't ask Bronco for money. You ask me. I didn't want you to turn pale again. (laughs) Bronco, darling, you must be tired after such a successful day. I'll get your slippers for you. (laughs) Thank you, Mrs. Thompson. And I'll go get your pipe. They used to wait on me that way. Him and his big, fat job. Bertie'd like to do something, too. Anything special the new boss wants for dinner? Well, how about some of your hot biscuits, Bertie? Yes, sir. Hot biscuits for the new boss. Thank you, Bertie. Yes, sir. Bertie's going to bake hot biscuits for the new uh. boss. <laughs> Mr. Gilsey, you know what Bertie's going to do? Yes, Bertie. That's right. Bertie's going to bake hot biscuits for the new boss. <laughs> Water Commissioner, you deserted like a dried-up water hole. Uh, have you finished with that paper, Mort? Mort? No, I haven't. Where's that ad about those big-paying jobs? I got a little excited last night. I don't want to answer this ad. I've been very happy here in the water department. George Mary Twilliger gets in my hair. Always snooping around like a toy bloodhound. Let me read this ad again. Opportunity is knocking. Open the door to your future. No, I won't answer it. Gildy, are you in there? Oop, that's not opportunity, that's Judge Hooker. Come in, Judge. My, my, you must have been concentrating hard. Yeah, I guess I was. I just stopped in, Gildy, to wish you a belated Happy New Year. Same to you, Judge. I see you're reading an employment ad. Me? What's happened? Has the water commissioner been receiving letters from his customers saying he's all wet? (laughs) No, Judge. My customers are my best friends. In fact, I command more respect from them than I do at home. What's the matter, Gildy? Bronco came home last night with a new job. He did? Darn good job, too. Better than I've got. In fact, he'll be making a lot of money. Good for Bronco. I always felt he had a brilliant future. Stop praising Bronco, you old goat. I hear enough of that around the house. Gildy, I'm surprised at you. What do you mean? It's very obvious that because of the accolade that Bronco's received, you feel that you have to outdo him. You're jealous. Jealous of my own son-in-law? Ridiculous. If you take my advice, you won't answer that ad. You shouldn't expect to keep pace with Bronco. You must realize, as I have, 
that the noble old tree must someday fall to make room for the strong young sapling. Hmm, now I'm a stump. <laughs> but there are compensations if you'll only seek them out. Uh, where do you find them? Well, Gildy, I found solace in new interests and activities. For instance, on the second Tuesday of every month, I attend the Smiling at 60 Club. Smiling at 60 Club? There are smiles that make us happy. You judge. There are smiles that make us blue. Judge, stop it, please. Well, that's the way we open our meetings. Great. But I'm a long way from 60. Well, perhaps I can get you in as a junior member. We meet from 7 till 9.30 for cribbage, authors, and parcheesy. Yeah, my goodness. Now, Gildy, have I helped to chart your course for the future? You bet. I'm going down and answer this ad while I can still walk. Right, George, they were pretty nice down there at Chemical Products Corporation. Seemed impressed that the water commissioner called. And they need executives, that's for sure. You think I'll drop in Peavy's and fill out this application? Hello, Peavy. Hello, Mr. Gillespie. What can I do for you today? Peavy, I uh, wonder if I can use your prescription typewriter. Okay. Your prescription typewriter. Mr. Gillespie, you don't know how to write a prescription. Unless it's H2O. <laughs> Peavy, I have to fill this out for the Chemie Products Corporation. Oh, I just happened to drop by there, and they forced this application blank on me. They need high-powered executives. You're okay. Well, who are you recommending? <laughs> me. My, my. How about the typewriter, Petey? Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, you're welcome to use it. It's back there with the pillboxes. Yeah, thanks. It'll only take a few minutes. It'll take longer than that on my typewriter. Hey, I guess it will at that. What is this? A typewriter or a lobster trap? Well, it seems it caught a crab this time. <laughs> yeah, all right, Peavy. Now, let's see. If they filled in my name. All I have to do is list my qualifications. You stuck already? <laughs> no, Peavy. Yeah, let's see. How long at your present job? Well, ten years in water. Mostly hot. Peavy, <laughs> this is important. Well, I understand the Chemical Products has put up a pretty big plant here in Summerfield. Oh, you'd be amazed, Peavy. They've got branches all over the country. It's a big outfit. Oh, do I hear? Now, uh, I need some important men for recommendations. I'll put down Judge Hooker and Police Chief Gate. No, they won't do. Looks too much like I'm involved with the law. Yeah, I can put down Rumson Bullard. He doesn't like me, but he's out of town. <coughs> oh, my goodness. Peavy, why don't you do something about this typewriter? The keys keep sticking and the backspacer won't work. Mr. Gildersleeve, if you don't like my typewriter, why don't you do the work at your office? Well. Afraid the mayor might catch you? I'm not afraid, Peavy. Do you know how nosy he is? No reason to get him upset before I have the new job. Yeah, he might fire you before you can quit. <laughs> Peavy, my qualifications are so good, anybody would be a fool to fire me. Well, we may find out. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mayor. 
Whoop, there he is. Good morning, Mr. Peavy. What can I do for you? Give me a pound of my favorite pipe tobacco. Okay, well. <laughs> Thank you. Gildersleeve, is that you back there? Hello, Mr. Man. Well, I'm surprised to see you behind the prescription counter. You trying to qualify as Mr. Peavy's delivery boy? Yeah, oh, no. No, I'm just hunting and pecking at the typewriter. If the mayor sees what he's pecking, he'll be hunting all right. <laughs> you, uh, you have a typewriter at the office that isn't used very much, Gildersleeve. <laughs> you have. I was by your office, and there was nobody there. Well, I was there, but I left. That's not a good way to start the new year, Gildersleeve. Unless you're serious about becoming Mr. Peavy's delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, Mr. Peavy. Drop in again. He didn't say goodbye to me. He practically told you goodbye. <laughs> Him and his sly insinuations. As soon as I fill out this application, I'm going to write my letter of resignation. You'd better read it with asbestos gloves. No, don't do anything you'll regret, Mr. Gildersleeve. Peavy, when I leave City Hall, it's the mayor who'll regret it. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> There's one simple reason why so many people prefer parquet margarine to any other spread, seasoning, or shortening. It tastes so good. And it tastes so good because it's always fresh. Yes, parquet margarine made by Kraft. Well, the great Gildersleeve son-in-law, Bronco, came home with a fine new job and usurped the position of popular idol of the household. But the great Gildersleeve isn't easily dethroned. He's looking for greener pastures himself. Hmm. A lot of people are applying for work at this plant. This line's a block long. Yeah, well, I don't see many of the executive type. Oop! Madam, please stop pushing. Yeah, darn cop. Insisting I stand in line, too. You'd better watch it. Rock Morton P. Gildersleeve. Yeah, that's me. Here. Will you please step out of line and come into the office? You bet. Goodbye, madam. Step in here, Mr. Gildersleeve, and close the door. Yeah, thank you. I'm uh, Mr. Johnson, the personnel director. Yeah, I'm Mr. Gildersleeve. I know. Sit down, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, after you. Yo, you're already down. <laughs> I, uh... See you're on time for your interview this morning? Yes, indeed. Johnny in the spot. Jerry at the rat hole. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Mr. Gildersleeve, we've gone over your application very carefully, and we're interested in you. Well, fine. You hold quite a responsible position here in Summerfield. Would you care to tell us why you want to make a change? Well, my son-in-law is making more money than I am. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I see you have a sense of humor. That's important for an executive. Mr. Gildersleeve, when can you come to work for us? Almost immediately, Mr. Johnson. Of course, I'll have to give the mayor notice, but that won't take long. Good. I can see you move fast, and so does Cammy Products Corporation. We'll call you tomorrow about your assignment and the terms. You mean money? You may rest assured that you'll be making more than you do now. Great. Those are the kind of terms I like. <laughs>
George, wait until the mayor opens this envelope. I really told him off. It'll be the first five-page letter of resignation he ever received. Yeah, I'll just put it here on the mantle for now. You're not going to mail it until I get that phone call from Mr. Johnson. Yeah, I'm no fool. You know, won't tell the family yet, either. Bradford, wait! You coming, Bertie? Yeah, I guess everybody started. I better get in there before Bronco takes my place at the head of the table. Good morning, Anki. Hi, Anki. Good morning, kitties. Bronco. Morning. Pull up a chair, Mort. Oop. <laughs> Thank you. You, you well, you're all ahead of me this morning. Yeah, Bronco's in a hurry, so we thought we'd eat with him. Oh, yes. Uh, Bronco has to get down early, Anki. Yeah, my new job entails a number of heavy responsibilities. So you got heavy responsibilities. You're making heavy dough. <laughs> Surely, Roy, true. I don't know why I came in. Nobody's offered me any breakfast. Well, one more sip of coffee, and I have to go down and give my salesman a pep talk. More coffee, Mr. Bronco? Oh, Miss Kilsey, you're here. Yes, Bertie, I've been here. Yes, sir. I'll get you breakfast just as soon as I take care of Mr. Bronco. Here's your coffee, Mr. Bronco. Uh, just half a cup, Bertie. Bronco, Bronco, Bronco. Here's the cream and sugar, darling. Thank you, Marjorie. Right, George, it's time for me to fight back. Yeah, I won't let them know what I'm up to. But I'll let them know I'm up to something pretty big. Now, Miss Gilsey, I'll be right back with your breakfast. Well, make it a big one, Bertie. Yes, sir. I want a big breakfast, kitties, because big things are afoot. Well, gotta go. And have a good day, Bronco. But don't be too hard on the salesman. Yeah, I say, big things are afoot. Yeah. What's up, Bunk? Well, any minute now, I'll have big news for all of you, financially speaking. There's going to be a little more money in the pocket this year. Giving up smoking, are you? (laughs) (laughs) My boy, with the money I'll be making, I can smoke cigars a foot long and light them with $5 bills. Yeah? What's going to happen, Anki? Where are you going to get all the money? Yeah, kiddies, let's not get too curious. Yeah, I'll tell you when the time comes. But it's big, very big. Well, I've got to go. Congratulations, Mort. Don't know what for, but congratulations. I'll see you to the door, darling. See you all at dinner. You bet you will. So long, Bronco. Here's your breakfast, Miss Gilsey. Everything you like. Yeah, thank you, baby. Yeah, I uh, guess you were out of the room when I told the children the big news. What big news? That there's going to be big news. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. I'll get it. Yeah, I'll get it, buddy. I think I know who it is. No, Marjorie, I'll get it. Hello, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve speaking. Mr. Gildersleeve, this is Mr. Johnson of Chemi Products Corporation. Oh, yes, indeed, Mr. Johnson. We've had our meeting, and we'd like you to come in and talk about money. Fine. Nothing I'd rather talk about. (laughs) And we've decided where you'll best fit into our organization. Good. You don't mind a little driving, do you? Oh, no, I'd plan to drive to work. Well, this is a longer drive. We need you in Albuquerque. Well, I didn't even... Albuquerque! New Mexico. Uh, can you drive out there next week? Albuquerque. Well, what do you say, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, it's this way, Mr. Johnson. What way? Yeah, I don't know. Well, then, think it over, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. What's the matter, Unky? Matter? Marjorie, I can't leave you and little Leroy. What are you talking about? Uh, nothing, my dear. Uh, am I glad I didn't mail my resignation to the mayor? 
Say, where is that letter? What letter? The, the one that was on the mantel. Oh, uh, Bronco was going by the post office, so he mailed it for you. Oh! <laughs> Judge, I can't go to Albuquerque. You're my lawyer. What am I going to do? You ask me, Gildy, you've already done it. I didn't come to your office to be reminded of that. I need help. Why don't you go to the post office and try to retrieve your letter to the mayor? I did. Did you ever try to get a letter back from Uncle Sam? Well, no. By the time I'd filled out that long form at the post office, my letter had gone out in the afternoon delivery. Well, there'll be old Billy to pay now. You let us start for 1952. I promised the little family I'd have big news for him today. When the mayor reads your letter, there'll be big news, all right. Judge, I've burned my bridges behind me. I can't leave town to take a job, and I can't stay in town without one. Gilday, the only thing for you to do is to go to the mayor and try to get back your letter of resignation before he opens it. Well, we might beat the postman. He delivers about this time. You come on, Judge. What do you want me to do? You come down the hall to the mayor's office with me. If he gets violent, I want a witness. Very well, Gildy. Oh, I have to get that letter. Won't be able to face the family. Bronco's ruler of the roost at home now. If I go back without a job, they probably won't even speak to me. Mr. Mayor? Who is it? Me and my lawyer. Yeah, I mean, Gildersleeve. Come in, Gildersleeve. Come in. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Afternoon, Your Honor. Gentlemen. Here, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I see the afternoon has been delivered, and you're opening the mail. What do you usually do with mail? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, do you mind if I look through the stack? Gildersleeve, get your hands off my desk. I'm busy reading a very interesting letter. Five pages long. It's mine. <laughs> no. Where? Gad, what crush. Now, Mr. Mayor. I think you're a tight-fisted old rooster. Tin on politician. Gildersleeve. Now, wait. This is the most outrageous. I'll shoot you. I'll, I'll... Let's get out of here, Gilda. Gildersleeve, I'm going to... Yes. Yes. Uh, Gildersleeve. Yes. 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 You are. Come on, Judge. Uh, wait a minute, Gildersleeve. Uh, why, there must be some mistake. He's still in the employ of the city of Summerfield. I I realize that. Yeah. Oh, oh, you do? Well, I'm very sorry. Good day, sir. You well, I... Uh, Gildersleeve, that was a Mr. Johnson at the Chemi Products Company. You didn't go over there and apply for a position, did you? You, you see, Mr. Mayor... They're trying to steal my key man. After all the years you've been with us, those pirates... Yes, but... They forced you to write that letter to me. Hmm. Well, I can see through their tricks. Gildersleeve, you aren't going to leave our little family, are you? Me? Mr. Mayor, I... I intended to give you a raise today. Another $25 a month. Just think, Gildy, and you would have stayed for nothing. What's this? Well, as a matter of fact, Mr. Mayor, I decided not to take that other job. Oh, I see. Well, then it won't be necessary to give you a raise. Oh, yes, it will. 
Oh? That's why I'm here. I'm a witness. <laughs> Go on, Judge. Let's go tell the big news to the little family. The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. When you go to your grocer's tomorrow, pick up a pound of parquet margarine, the craft quality margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. You gather around, everybody. I have something to tell you. What is it, Uncle? Oh, let's hear it. What happened, Uncle? Well, your old uncle took another big step up the ladder of success. I got a fine raise in salary. Oh, really, Uncle? How do you do it? I simply went to the mayor and put my foot down. Good men are hard to find, and he knows. Oh, boy, we're in the dough. I can get a new bike. Uh huh, and you can have the house all redecorated. At last, you can get a new car and buy yourself a couple of new suits. Yes, but. Bronco, we won't have to borrow the $5,000 from the bank to build our house. We can borrow it from Uncle Moore's. Fine house. He had been kiddies. $25 a month. This is the most expensive raise I ever got. (laughs) Good night, folks. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Dick Crenna, Stanley Farrar, Joe Forte, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Question. What's the best way to raid an icebox? Answer, with Kraft prepared mustard, of course. Because when you add a little Kraft mustard to the sandwich you make, you add a lot of tang. And here's something for you professional icebox raiders to remember. There are two kinds of Kraft mustard. Mild Kraft's mustard with that delicately spiced smooth flavor. Ah, and then there's Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both kinds on hand. Then you won't meet up with a dish, but what you'll have just the mustard to add a lot of tang. Buy Kraft's prepared mustard. Your humble host, he's next on NBC. Oh, I'm in a festive mood. Can you tell this? This sounds sort of like party music to me, huh? Yeah, Herb Albert doing a, a great version of a song he calls Beanbag. <laughs> oh, now that was the great Gildersleeve we just heard from January 2nd of 1952. A brand new year. 
starts off with the great Gildersleeve and that show and just like that that's what starts off our brand new year here on Sounds Like Radio. Hello friends, I am your humble host. We're here every week with a great Gildersleeve and some great music and then we're here during the rest of the week with some great old time radio shows. Never can tell just what you're going to find on Sounds Like Radio on the old library of sound but we can tell because I have to pick them out and that's the hard part. Well friends, Gildersleeve, he, he was beginning to, to, to see what was going on all around him. And, and he said, you know, I, I was doing all right before this, but suddenly now I ain't feeling all right. Yeah. He says, I, I thought everything was just fine when I had my job there at the water department and I was the head of the, the whole thing. And I said, yeah, I'm a big shot. And then, ooh, that Bronco came along. He got himself a better job, and he started to become a big shot. This bothers Gildersleeve, you know. <laughs> oh, there can only be one head of the household, and Gildersleeve is that in Summerfield, <laughs> in his little house there. I, I'm head of the household right around here. I rule with an iron fist, I do. And I, eh, well, me. Maybe I'm a little nicer than that. <laughs> oh, well, I don't like to admit it. Uh, hey, speaking of doing all right, here's Louis Armstrong. Yes, I was doing all right. Nothing but rainbows in my skies. I was doing all right. Until you came. to complain Life was as sweet as apple pie Never noticed the rain Till you came by But now Whenever you awake Can't sleep nights And suffer all day Just sit and wonder if love isn't one big thunder. But when you hold me tight, tingling all through, I feel somehow I was doing alright. But I'm doing better than ever. Whenever you wake, can't sleep nights and not suffer all day. I just sit and wonder if love isn't one a big blunder. But when you hold me tight, tingling all through, I feel somehow I was. Doing all right, but I'm doing a little better than ever. Ah. 
Yeah, Louie, he knows when he's doing all right, and uh, he kind of gets hints to tell him about that. So I think we all do. You know, we all know inside. We all know when we are doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> Louie Armstrong. That's a great song from Louie from the album Louie Armstrong Meets Oscar Peterson. Oscar Peterson, one of the all-time great piano players. Yeah. We have nothing but the best here on Sounds Like Radio. Speaking of the best, don't you like this background music? It's called Beautiful Obsession. Somebody asked me about what was that song you played? It sounds so wonderful. That's the name, Beautiful Obsession. But get the get the audio artist. The artist is Sir Chauncey and his exciting strings. <laughs> yeah. Sir Chauncey and his exciting strings. Crazy name for a, for the name of the artist, but uh, I do like the results. Beautiful obsession. <laughs> I think I've got a beautiful obsession over this sound. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking now, now Gildersleeve getting back to his situation. Now he's looking around and he says, hey, now hold the phone. Bronco, he thinks he's going to take my place. That cannot be. Which brings Gildersleeve into action. Because he says, somebody else is taking my place, but not for long. Here is the great J.P. Morgan. Somebody else is taking my place. Somebody
I hope that ain't true, JP. Somebody else has taken my place, sings the wonderful J.P. Morgan. What a great singer. Recorded so many great songs in the 1950s and early 60s and recorded more songs too later on, but uh, I think those were her prime years in the 50s and early 60s. My prime years for J.P. Morgan was in the 70s when I used to watch her on the old gong show. <laughs> she was funny on that program. Well, now, we come now to the end of our program. But no, I am not satisfied. I was reminded recently of a great old Western I used to watch on TV. Western TV show called Shenandoah. Starred Robert Horton, who played the assistant on a Wagon Train with Ward Bond. Robert Horton, well, when he left Wagon Train, that great Western series, well, he picked up right with another one. This one was called Shenandoah. Robert Horton starred as the main character who didn't know his name. Yeah, he had amnesia. Ran around all over the country trying to find people who could remember him. He said, you look at me. Look at me now. Do you recognize my face? And they'd say, nope. Uh-uh. You're just going to have to keep traveling next week. Stop somewhere else. That's what Robert Horton did in the Shenandoah series. He traveled all over, stopped from town to town, hoping to find somebody that would recognize him. Yeah, but he called himself, just temporarily, he called himself Shenandoah. The name of the show. And Robert Horton himself even sings the theme song from the show. Here is Robert Horton to sing Shenandoah. La da da dee dee. Oh, Shenandoah, there he is now. Search of home, cross this land so lonely. Been riding hard since dawn's a breaking. Search of home 
<laughs> yeah. I like that, you know? Robert Horton, the star of the show. Uh, the official name of the show, in case you're looking it up, you want to watch some episodes. And I don't blame you. It was a great show. The official name of the show is A Man Called Shenandoah. Ah, uh, I just called it Shenandoah. But that the official name, A Man Called Shenandoah. And that was the great Robert Horton singing the theme song of his very own Western TV show. <laughs> I, I watched every episode of that series. In fact, I did in two stages. Uh, the first stage came when I watched the shows that I had recorded off of uh, television at the time. Yeah, they showed it, but they didn't show the whole series. Finally, finally I got the rest of the series on DVD. Yeah, yeah, Shenandoah. DVDs are the answer to everything, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, Robert Horton did a great job in that show, just as Willard Waterman. Yeah, just as Willard Waterman did a great job in today's Great Gildersleeve. From January 2nd, 1952, the Great Gildersleeve established himself as once again the head of the household. Yeah, he took the crown right off of uh, Bronco's head. He said, sit down, Bronco, ain't time for you yet. Yeah, Gildersleeve back, back being the head. That's just the way we like it here on Sounds Like Radio. And I have a feeling it's the way the great Gildersleeve likes it too. He knows Bronco one day, he's going to be head of his own house, but not while he's living in the Gildersleeve house. No, sir, no, sir, no, sir. Oh, I don't know why I'm getting so excited. It's Gildersleeve's problem, not mine. Until next week, friends, I am your humble host saying... So long for now. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>